Happy Father's Day. This is Sunday morning worship service, June the 18th, 2023. Victory Over Temptation is the title of today's service, brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Farrell Hardison. Now here's David with the praise team and the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church Choir. Amen. Happy Father's Day, and I'm glad you all of you came to get some of that holy water. Oh, I need you. Oh, I need you. Your 
may be seated while the choir assembles. When the water turned to wine And not everyone would worship him When he gave sight to the blind Out of all the miracles performed How could anyone deny No one said he's the king of kings When the crowd cried crucify But one day every knee shall bow In honor to the That Jesus is the Son of God And His Word is all alive But when prophecy has been fulfilled And the final trumpet sounds There is one thing you can count on Every knee will hit the ground But one day
Amen. You see, you're a blessed Redeemer today. You're a mighty rock. I tell you what. Y'all sing along with us on that chorus one time. song gets me every time who who's with me on that that song love 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 that song good job choir good job band good job praise team and y'all should have heard me singing I did a good job I really enjoyed myself this morning all righty well, we're glad you're here. We've got visitors here today, and we're so glad you came. And um, I was talking to different ones who were coming in, some coming in to be with their father, and some coming in to honor their father who's not with them today. And 
And um, my daddy left us a few years ago. And I don't know if y'all do this or not. I'm, I know you Thorntons back there do this. I think uh, I'm going to ask daddy about that. And then I'll remember. I'll have to wait until I get to heaven. And that's all right. I'm looking forward to being there with him. Amen. And uh, you just remember your dad today and, and honor him. You know, the Bible says if you honor your father and mother, you'll live longer. Did you know that's in the Bible? So if you don't honor them, it could be hazardous to your health. <laughs> Better be honoring mom and dad. Amen. I mean, it's right there in the Bible. He said, well, it doesn't say that their life will be shorter. Yeah, but if you are going to live longer because you honor them, then you're evidently going to live shorter if you don't honor them. Somebody, uh, somebody said they, they ought to put over the room. You know, I, when I was a kid, I had my room, you know, and I ought to put over every, every doorway into the uh, bedroom of a child. Honor, not honoring your father and mother could be hazardous to your health. That'd be a good sign to hang in our houses, our homes. Amen. Thank you all for coming today. This is the part of the service where we worship by giving, and we just ask you to be generous today. All we ask you to do is do what God tells you. Do what the Word of God tells you. And uh, we'll, we'll tell, let you know about different things. We're, we're uh you know, we've got goals and we've got things we're, we want to purchase for the church and enhance our ministry and communicate better to the community and all of that. So we've got projects going on. But you just obey the Lord. You know what? If everybody will obey the Lord in their giving, we'll never have a shortage. We'll never have a shortage. Amen? Father, thank you for the opportunity of giving. Thank you for your clear instruction in the Word of God. We ask you now that everybody here would just simply obey you as they give and glorify you in their obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword, oh, how our hearts beat high with joy. Whene'er we hear that glorious word, faith of our Father's holy faith, we will be true till thee, till death. of our fathers we will love both friend and foe in all our strive and preach thee to as love knows how by kindly words and virtuous life faith of our fathers holy faith we will be true to thee till death. Faith of our fathers.
Father's holy faith, we will be true to Thee till death. Such a true song. I stand here today, um, a Christian, a believer. I stand here today a preacher of the gospel. I stand here today as your pastor because of the influence of my father and because of the influence of my parents. And um, such a, a true song and a song I haven't heard in a while. Thank you, brother, for singing that song to us. I wanted to just mention to you that uh, when we have an event like Father's Day, Mother's Day, some other uh, holidays that come along, we do not do a Sunday evening service, so you can be with your family. So you can spend some time with your father if he's still living and spend some time with your family. We hope you'll do that. Uh, also, uh, as you're exiting today, uh, we have a gift for all the men. Uh, so when you're exiting today, be sure and pick that, pick that up. I couldn't understand. Uh, Stephen is our men's leader. I couldn't understand all that he said, but I think he said each gift is worth $100. And so if you don't, if we run out of gifts, we're just going to give you all a hundred dollar bill. How about that? Is that all right? So, <laughs> Mac just had a little fainting spell. I just saw him just. <laughs> so men, don't forget to pick up your gift as you're exiting today. We, we do honor you. Matter of fact, would all the dads just stand up? Let's see. All the daddies, all the fathers. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. So we're continuing our series, and I know it's been a long one, but uh, we only got uh, one, maybe two more sermons to go as we talk about how to be victorious in our battle with temptation. Temptation, one great preacher said, is the Christian's biggest problem. You know, if you think about it, Right after God made man, the first thing the enemy tried to do was tempt us away from God. And then when I think about Jesus, as he launched his earthly ministry, he was baptized. And as he walked out of the um, place where he was baptized, the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him. Or even the, uh, there's a sense there that the Holy Spirit pushed him into the wilderness to spend 40 days in prayer and fasting before he launched his earthly ministry. And while he was there, you read this in Luke 4 and the other gospel accounts, but while he was there in the wilderness praying, fasting, uh, he was confronted by Satan himself. And Satan tempted Jesus in three particular ways. And we'll mention those ways this morning. So what we're doing now what, in this part of the sermon series is we're talking about daily practical things we can do to live in victory over temptation. And let me warn you that if you don't strategize, if you don't prepare, if you don't get ready for temptation, you're going to fall and stumble a lot in your walk with God. 
you uh, have to do several things. The first thing we said is when it comes to temptation, expect it. Expect it. Anticipate it. You're going to get tempted. Now, temptation, as we've said, is not a sin. The Bible says Jesus was tempted, yet without sin. So the temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Now, the enemy, Satan, will try to make you believe and make you think that a temptation in itself is sin, but it is not. It is simply the, the coaxing or the, or the uh, uh, leading of your human nature, the coaxing of the, of the demon forces that are around us, the, that unseen army that we battle every day. Uh, you're going to face it. You're going to deal with it every single day of your life, and we need to be ready. We need to anticipate it. The next thing we said is that uh, don't blame other people or even people in the spiritual world. Don't blame God. Don't blame Satan. Uh, but, but take personal responsibility. Uh, people that I see struggle in their walk with God, uh, they, they just won't get honest. They won't do it. They, they, they're like, I, I, I'm never going to... Um, uh, look inward. I always want to look outward. I always want to find somebody else to put this on, somebody else to, to blame this on. It's our nature. We see it in the world every day when we flip on our televisions or we're listening to the news in our car, whatever. It's blame, blame, blame. No one taking personal responsibility. Uh, uh, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the bad shape I'm in because of what he did or because of what she did or because of what he didn't do or she didn't do. Always blaming. Uh, God says stop that and take responsibility for your struggles. Take responsibility for even the temptations in your life. And then we talked about starting last week that a way to overcome temptation is you've got to learn to ask God to help you. Now that's what we're going to drill down on a little bit further today, asking God to help you overcome. Now as we uh, have this service today, and I look across this beautiful crowd, y'all are beautiful this morning, and as I look across this crowd, uh, many of you are in the midst of a season of temptation right now. You're in the midst of a particular uh, temptation in a particular area right now. And, and you don't want to stand up here and say it, and I'm not going to stand up here and say it. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But I know that in an audience like this, with this many people, there are, are a percentage of you who are going through some really, really difficult times with temptation. So I want you to listen carefully. What do we say? Expect it to come because it's coming. Number two, don't blame anybody else for it. Take personal responsibility. And number three, to overcome temptation, ask God for help. Ask Him to help you. Well, as I was thinking about that business of asking God to help you, uh, I had a question in my own mind. So why don't we ask God to help us? Why don't we ask God to help us more? I mean, God's made Himself available to you. Um, I'm not here to criticize any other denomination or system of 
religion or whatever, but you don't have to get up with a priest to talk to God. You don't have to get up to get up with me to talk to God. I, I hope you know that. <laughs> you say, yeah, I probably have a hard time with that sometimes. But you don't have to get up with me. You don't have to get up with Brother Mack or one of our other deacons. You don't have to get up with anybody. You have a straight hotline to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? You have a straight line to God. Listen to me. You can talk to him anytime you want to. You say, yeah, but, you know, if I've, if I've sinned and, and, I, and I really hadn't dealt with it, I, I don't think God will hear me. Yes, he will. He'll hear you. How about your earthly father when you failed, when you stumbled? Of course, you weren't kicked out of the family. God, your, your earthly father loved you. The Bible talks about that. And then Jesus said at that uh, uh, place in the Bible where they talked about the love of an earthly father compared to the love of a heavenly father, he said, here's what Jesus said, if your earthly father will love you as much as he does, how much more, this is the question Jesus asked, how much more will, you, will your heavenly father love you? So I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me well. There is never a time you can't talk to God. There is never a time you can't talk to God. You say, well, I'm not even a believer. I don't go to church. I'm not even sure if I believe in God. I'm not even sure if I believe. I'm, you know, I've got a lot of questions about the Bible. I mean, I'm not really one of you guys. I'm just here today. Well, here's the deal about that. It doesn't matter. If you talk to God, God will hear you. If you address him, he will hear you. Now, uh, he will respond, and uh, sometimes he responds in quietness just so you'll think. He wants you to think. The Holy Spirit deals with your heart. But the Lord will respond to you. He will respond to you when you talk to him. You know, when uh, Jesus was standing in front of Pilate, uh, you know, Pilate, when Pilate first had Jesus uh, in front of him, Pilate's heart was tender. Uh, Pilate really wanted to know. He was genuinely curious about who Jesus was. And this is what Jesus said to Pilate. And I'm paraphrasing. But Jesus said to Pilate, and Pilate wasn't a believer, but Jesus said to him, any man who wants to know my voice or wants to hear my voice, all he has to do is ask. All he has to do is talk to me and he will hear my voice. I will reveal myself to him. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse for anyone not having a personal relationship with Jesus because he has promised us that if you genuinely reach out to him, he will genuinely speak back to you, reveal himself back to you. So what we're talking about today is asking the Lord to help us with our temptation. So what gets in the way? So I just thought about that. What gets in the way? And then, of course, ultimately, I don't know how you are, but ultimately, I'm asking the, this question. Pharaoh, why don't you? Why don't you? And I, some of y'all are going, yeah, that's what I was wondering. How about you? How don't you? Why don't you? I've asked myself that. Pharaoh, why don't you? Why, why are you trying to do it by yourself? When you battle a temptation, when you're feeling an area of weakness in your life, Pharaoh, why don't you ask the Lord? Why don't you? Why is it? Why is it God my first thought instead of my last resort? God ought to be my first thought. God ought to be your first thought. 
When you're, when you're faced with a temptation, God ought to be your first thought. And you just begin to talk to him and you begin to say, Lord, I need your strength in this very uh, moment. Now, the reason a lot of us uh, refuse to call on God for help is because we think we can do it. We are so prideful. We are so arrogant. We think highly of ourselves. And we think instead of praying, instead of going to God, why don't I, I can handle this thing. I can deal with this. And, and really, guys, again, that's our pride. And we think we can simply do it through willpower. Willpower. And I'm going to talk to you about willpower. And your will is involved in your walk with the Lord. Here, here's what I'll say, a very simple statement uh, to, to support that. You have as much of God right now as you want. You have as much as you want. Now, you don't have, you don't have all you can have, but every one of us, including me, we're as close to God as we want to be. We have as much of God in our life as we really want. So that brings us back to taking personal responsibility. If you're not where you ought to be in your relationship with the Lord, own it. Own it. You say, but I heard a false teacher or, or uh, I got confused. Listen, if you're not where you ought to be with God, go straight to him. Go straight to him. Uh, some of you can't hear from the Lord unless you're listening to a certain TV preacher or a certain radio preacher or a certain spiritual leader. Listen, you need to get past that. And you need to learn to talk to God yourself. But we're prideful. We don't want to ask for help. We have self-conversations. How many of y'all uh, have self-conversations? I know you do because I've seen some of y'all talking to yourself. It's really weird. It's strange. But, but we all do. And, and uh, I talk to myself. Pharaoh, you can tough it out. You, you can tough this out, man. You, you, you can, you, it's like going on a diet. Uh, which I'm in and out of diets all the time. And, uh, and uh, uh, I, 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 you got to get, you know, if you're going to lose weight, you got to get your mind right. Yeah, amen? Come on. Some of y'all have done it. Some of y'all have lost the same weight about 10 times. And, and, uh, and you got to get your mind right. Uh, you know, if, if, you're, if your mind is thinking about, uh, uh, biscuits and sawmill gravy, you're going to have a, y'all know what that is? Yeah. That white gravy. Yeah, see, if you're thinking about that all the time, it's going to be hard to get your mind right. But you got to get your mind right uh, when you are going to try to discipline yourself uh, to lose a few pounds. And I certainly do need to do that. I put one vest on this morning, and I knew if uh, a button popped off it that Mac might lose an eye. And so I went and got this one. It's got a little more room in it. Just for your safety, Brother Mac. Just for your safety. But it takes discipline. It takes discipline and uh, uh, willpower uh, to do it. But I will tell you this, and, and I'm not preaching on this today, but if, and, and you've got to have that willpower if you're trying to, trying to do some things healthy. But when you, you can pray about those things. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know you can pray and say, Lord, help me eat healthier? Lord, help me uh, get myself physically where I need to be? Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. You know what we'll do? We'll send $400 to a weight loss thing before we'll even ask God to help us. 
Uh, this sermon has turned to a weight loss sermon. Y'all need to <laughs> hang in there with me. I'm just doing what the Lord says. <laughs> but it's willpower. We think we can do anything by willpower. And look, you can do some things by willpower for a while. You can, by willpower, not give in to temptations for a while. But it doesn't last forever. You're going to need something beyond willpower. When you say willpower, you're talking about self-power. Self. I'm going to do this in myself. I know God's available. I've talked to him many times. But on this particular temptation, I think I'm going to handle this one myself. And I'm here to preach to you and tell you that willpower alone does not work. Again, it works for a brief time, but willpower does not work permanently. Willpower is never a permanent solution when you're dealing with temptation. It's never a permanent solution. Some of you are really, really frustrated in your walk with God because you're trying to do it by sheer willpower and you keep falling. You keep stumbling. You keep ending up back at the, at the Lord's uh, feet begging Him for mercy and begging Him for help. And what I'm trying to say to you today is that you can tough it out for a little while, but the whole time that you are doing that, trying to change through willpower, you're feeling a tremendous amount of stress. When you're not depending on God, you are putting yourself in a stressful situation. And you cannot bear up under stress but so long. So let me just give an illustration. Uh, let me, and I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, we have an incredible uh, pilot that comes to our church here, Mr. Martinez back there. Have you all seen that little airplane he drives around? I mean, you could put this church building in it. It's incredible. It's amazing. But there is a thing, and I, I, it might be uh, it might be on uh, something other than airplanes. But I'm going to use I'm going to use it on uh, uh, talking about airplanes today. There's something called uh, autopilot, automatic pilot, and they tell me I have no idea how to do this. If if we're on a plane together, any of us, and it comes down to me saving y'all, y'all better be right with God. I'm just telling you. <laughs> You better be walking with the Lord if it comes down. I have no nothing about it, no absolutely nothing about it. But they tell me you can put an airplane, some have it, where you, where you can put it on autopilot, and it will just fly wherever you have told it to. You put coordinates in there, and you, you put information in there, and then you press a button, they tell me, and you can sit back, and that plane will go where it's told to go. So... We have an autopilot, but our autopilot is messed up. It is messed up. Now, when the Lord created man, our autopilot was great. It was great. When God created the heavens and the earth, and then he put man on there, everything was perfect. The, the autopilot was set in the perfect direction, the will of God. But then we sinned. We sinned. Remember Adam and Eve? We sinned in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in the book of Romans that because of the sin of one man, Adam, then sin has been passed down on all of us, every one of us. So we are born not with our coordinates correct and then we mess them up. I've got great news for you all this morning. You're born messed up. You're born messed up. 
You're born with a sin nature. And when, and when we're born into this, into this world, we have coordinates, but they're not toward God. They're not toward the Lord. Um, so what we have to do is we have to ask ourselves the question, so how can I get that right? How can I get that fixed? When the first human sinned from the very beginning, it was as if our coordinates were totally Change And now from birth, instead of loving automatically, loving the God who made us and worshiping the God who made us, we are born into this world uh, with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, as John told us at the beginning of this sermon series. Because of man's first rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden, our tendency is toward evil. It's toward evil. Now look, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to send you out this morning going, woe is me, this is terrible, I'm a a horrible person. But I'm going to tell you the truth. The Word of God is clear about uh, this sin nature. So we've got two choices. We've got two choices. We can either allow the Holy Spirit to change our coordinates and get us going in the right direction through the new birth and through surrendering to the Holy Spirit, or we can attempt by our own willpower to go in the right direction, opposite from what we're programmed. In other words, I can grab the steering wheel of my life, and I can try to force it to go where it ought to go, uh, but that's going to be a difficult battle when you leave the Lord out. Now, I know some real good people who aren't Christians. They're really, really good people. I know some really, really good uh, businessmen who, who don't go to church and have nothing to do with church, but they're good people. And you say, well, then their coordinates are Godward. No, they're not. They're still self, towards self and satisfying self. So don't forget that the whole time that you're trying to force uh, this airplane, we'll refer to ourselves as an airplane, the whole time you're trying to force it to go in the right direction, when you do it alone, I want this to make sense, so Lord help me. So when you try to do it alone, when you try to live right apart from God, that, that puts you in tremendous stress because your nature's not that. And when you're in tremendous stress, you get tired, you get weary, you, you let go, you, you, you fall back, you, you struggle, you are up and down in your walk with God when, or up and down in your right behavior when you're trying to do it apart from God. My whole point is you need God to help you. Pharaoh Hardison needs God to help him. If I'm going to live a holy life, If I'm going to live a life that you can be proud of as your pastor, but more than that, that God would honor, if I'm going to live like that, I've got to have God's help. I need the Lord's help. Listen to me. I can't live holy apart from the Lord. I can try real hard, and I can put myself in a strain and and fight against my own temptations, but what I need to do is bring my temptations to the Lord and say to the Lord, please help me. Let's look at a scripture in the Bible. Look um, Look at Hosea. I want you to look at Hosea with me for a minute. Hosea chapter 11, verse 7. 
Look what this says. My people, God's people. Now, of course, referring there to the Jewish people under the Old Testament economy, talking about the Jewish people. But now, how many of you are glad uh, because of the cross and the resurrection, how many of you are glad he included the Gentiles? So that's us. We're Gentiles. About five or six of you are happy about that. Okay, Hosea 11, 7. Look what it says. And my people are what? Bent. That means inclined. My people are inclined to backsliding from me. It is their nature not to get near me, not to seek me for help, not to stay on their knees in prayer. They're bent. Their inclination is to go in the wrong direction. That's how every one of us are born into this world. We are bent toward evil, as one paraphrase puts it. Look at Romans 7. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, or you can just follow me on the screen. Now, I'm going to read this out of the King James Version, and I and because uh, I want us to go in the rapture if the rapture were to happen while we're sitting here. So I'm going to read out the King James Version. So I love the King James Version, by the way. Um, but I'm not, I'm not King James only. I believe there are other translations that can help us know more about what the uh, Hebrew Old Testament and Greek New Testament meant. But we're in the King James Version here. So look what it says. Romans 7, verse 15. This is Paul. This is Paul talking. Now, Paul wrote the book of Romans in jail. He was in a a Roman jail when he wrote the book of Romans. How about that? So look what he says here. Now, Paul, let me ask you something. If Paul struggled with his human nature, you think you might struggle with your human nature? Yeah. I mean, because I love y'all and y'all love God, but ain't no Pauls in here. Ain't no Paul up here either. I mean, if Paul struggled, we're going to struggle. And Paul here is really telling us, I struggle. He says, for, for that which I do, or that which I want to do, I allow not. For what I would do, I want to do, that I do not. In other words, he's saying, the, the, the very thing I know that would please God, and, and, I would, and I really, in my heart of hearts, Paul says, I want to do it. He said, but I end up doing the wrong thing. He said, and then the very thing I don't want to do, that's the thing I end up doing. So Paul's being really transparent here, and he's admitting his struggle with that autopilot we're all born with. He's struggling with it. In verse 16 he says, if then I do that which I would not, in other words, if I do the thing I know I ought not to do or I'm trying not to do, he says, I consent unto the law that it is good. And there's some teaching we could do there. Uh, we're, we're, um, we're, we're, in the Old Testament, we were saved by following the law. In the New Testament, we're saved by, by depending on the grace of God. I could go deeper into that, but this isn't the place. Verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it. In other words, Paul said, it's not me that wants to do the bad thing. It's what's in me. It's my coordinates. It's that, it's that autopilot I was born with. Now then, it is not me. It, uh, now then, 
it is no more I that do it, but the sin nature, is what he's saying there, that dwells in me. Verse 18, for I know that in me, in my flesh, he means, in my humanity, dwelleth no good thing. In other words, if it wasn't for Jesus, there is nothing in myself that could save me. The only way I can save myself or be saved is if I depend on the Lord. He says, it is not, there's no good thing in me apart from God. Listen, listen, follow me now. For to will, and the desire to do good is present with me. My desire to do good is with me. I feel it, I want that. He said, but how to perform it, to perform that which is good, I find not. In other words, in and of myself, even though I want to do good, I end up doing bad because I'm depending on myself. I'm depending on just me. Look at verse 19. We're almost done. 1920. For the good that I would not do, that is the good thing I want to do that I don't do, but the evil which I would not, that I do. The thing that I don't want to do, I end up doing it. Look at verse 20. Now if I do that, which I should not do, is what he means. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin nature, the inherited sin nature from Adam and Eve dwells in me. So my nature, Paul says, is not to do good. It is not to love God. Matter of fact, David and I didn't talk about it, but the song that we sung, I don't know if you noticed it today, the, the choir sung it, uh, the first song I believe it was, Every Knee Will Bow. Every knee's going to bow. Now look, every one of you, I don't care who you are, I don't care what religious background you have, you can be irreligious, is that a word? You can be uh, a-religious, uh, in other words, you, you just don't have any spiritual thoughts you don't have any spiritual mind at all it's all about this earth and and you think when you die it's just over and it's like closing your eyes and and your life's just gone listen ladies and gentlemen you're going to live forever somewhere you're going to live forever somewhere Uh, and what you do with jesus determines where you live forever but but paul here is talking about trying to do good and not being able to do it because of the way he's programmed He's programmed that that sin nature he inherited from Adam. Now, I'm going to read this same scripture I just read to you. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And I want you to listen to it. This will help you understand it better. Verse 15. Now, this one isn't going to be on the screen, so just listen. Romans 7, 15. I don't understand myself at all. (laughs) That's Paul. That's the first thing he was saying. I don't understand myself. I don't understand why I do what I ought not to do and why I don't do what I ought to do. I don't understand myself. For I really want, it is in me, I desire, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Did you know that when you come to Jesus and you give your life to Jesus, there's going to be things you hate then that maybe you don't hate now. You're going to begin to love what Jesus loves and despise what Jesus despises. And there are things Jesus despises. None of them are people, but there are things Jesus despises. Look at verse 16. Well, 
I'm reading it. You can't look at it unless you've got, unless you've got the new living there in front of you. Verse 16. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong, and my bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good. But I can't help myself. It is because it is sin inside me, sin nature, that makes me do these evil things. Verse 18. I know I am rotten through and through. <laughs> that's a pretty big admission. What Paul, that's where Paul was saying there's nothing good in me. There's nothing good in me. Listen to me. There's nothing in you apart from Jesus that can save your soul. If you want to live forever in heaven, it's through Jesus. You said, thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Robbie. Robbie, he, he's a good amener. And uh, you say, um, well, well, Pastor, uh, you, you sound like you're saying that Jesus is the only way. Are you saying he's the only way? I mean, come on, Pastor, don't you believe that there are other ways to heaven other than Jesus? No. Sorry, I'm very narrow-minded. I'm very narrow-minded when it comes to that. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. I am the way. I am the unique, one and only way to be born again, to be saved, and to end up in heaven. Verse 18, I know I am rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, Paul says, I can't make myself do right. That's what I was just preaching. You can't make yourself do right. You can't make yourself overcome temptation. You can't make yourself do it. You don't have the strength in and of yourself to overcome temptation. That's why we're at this point in the sermon where I told you that you have to you have to uh, expect it, that you have to take responsibility for it. And now I'm telling you that if you're going to overcome temptation, you've got to learn to pray as soon as it happens. You've got to learn to ask for supernatural help from God as soon as it happens. He says, I can't make myself do right. I want to. I want to make myself do right. He said, but I can't. Verse 19. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> Y'all look so holy. But if I'm doing what I but if I'm doing what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it because in my mind I don't want to do it, but it is the sin nature that is in me. Now, y'all, I just challenge you to go home and read that some more because some of you can't get over the fact that Paul is admitting this and you thought that you could come to a place in your life on this earth where you wouldn't be tempted. No, that's never going to happen. When you go to the next world, you won't be tempted anymore. But as long as you live in this world, you're going to be tempted. Billy Graham, as long as he lived in this world, he was tempted. And I don't know what Billy Graham's temptations are. And I believe when you're 85 or 90 years old, it's really hard to have any temptations. But anyway, uh, uh, everybody's got temptations. You're going to be faced with it until you leave this world. So what I'm saying is if you're going to be uh, tempted until you leave this world, the first thing you need, need to do is get saved, give your heart to the Lord, and then expect temptation after you get saved, and then uh, uh, take responsibility for it, and then learn how to ask for help. When you're being tempted 
And look, the temptation might be to hold a grudge. The temptation might be to get some kind of revenge. Some of you crazy drivers. Uh, the temptation, uh, I don't know, um, just different temptations. You've got to learn that when that temptation comes and you know that's not Christ, that's not Christ, that's not Christ-like, but I'm feeling tempted to do it. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Give me strength. Empower me not to give in to this. Know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God. What was it Jesus said to Satan every time Satan tempted him? Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He was talking about the Word of God. If you don't know what's written, it's going to be hard for you to fight the battle. Know your Bible. Know your Bible. And so, he goes on here, um, he, again, saying, it is not me, but it is the sin nature that is in me. Now, let's talk for just a minute in closing about that automatic pilot a little bit. So, when the first human sinned in the very beginning, that your, your coordinates as a human being got messed up. So you're born going in the wrong direction. And the earlier you can give your life to the Lord and seek the Lord, the quicker you can get back on track. So get the picture. Here I am. I'm holding on to this steering wheel of life. I'm holding on to the steering wheel of my life. And I'm only using my willpower. I'm only using my human strength to change the direction that the plane wants to pull me in. So here's what happens. I get tired. That tension. That tension. When you are set to go in a certain direction and you, you are trying to go in the right direction, but your nature's taking you in the wrong direction, it creates tension. It creates tension. And again, I said this earlier. Let me say it again. You get tired. You get tired. Why? Because you don't have the strength. You don't have the strength. So after a while, it begins to go back, and, and you, you start going in that wrong direction. You start going in the direction that you're, that you're uh, uh, programmed to go into. Willpower works for a little while, but it never is enough. And this is the final thing I'll say. So that brings us to a big word in the Bible that I'm just going to introduce today and I'm going to pick right back up on it next week. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what church you were brought up in. I'm telling you that there is a work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer called sanctification. I want you all to say it with me sanctification. It's in the Bible. We're going to get into it next Sunday. Now, I've already given um, Jenny the scriptures for next Sunday because I wasn't sure how far I'd get in this message today. So I could go on and preach it today. I mean, okay, y'all are against that. I can tell. I, I hear Thomas getting on the piano right now. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not going to preach it today, but I want you to hear me. Sanctification. I'm going to tell you what it is in a very brief definition, and I'm going to challenge you to seek it. Sanctification 
is the work of the Holy Spirit to go inside you, go inside me, and straighten out those coordinates that got messed up in the Garden of Eden. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. Willpower? Sure, sure. I want, I want a stronger will to live for God. I want a stronger desire uh, to, to love the things God loves and hate the things God hates. I want that. But I'm never going to do that by myself. I'm never going to get there by myself. If I want to be an overcomer in this world, I've got to allow the Spirit of God to do that in me. It's a supernatural work. It's a supernatural work. It's not my natural ability to do it. I'm telling you, my natural ability, I can't do it. Paul said it. (laughs) Pharaoh, if Paul can't live holy, son, you can't live holy. Yes, that's right. Paul said, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I do it. He's talking about the coordinates that he was born with. He's talking about the sin nature he inherited. So he surrenders more and more and more of his life to the control of the Holy Spirit. And that is the work of sanctification. You can't live right. You can't do it. You can't do it. If somebody looks at you and goes, I've tried and tried and tried, I just can't live right. Don't look at them and go, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> look at them and go, you're right, you can't. <laughs> and then when they look at you like, well, I was looking for some encouragement. But God can through you. God can do it in you. Sanctification is a supernatural, spiritual thing that happens in a human heart that begins to help. You know, Hosea said we're bent. Well, sanctification bends you back. Sanctification bends you back. How many of you uh, have ever got a Walmart cart and the front end needed lining up on it? Maybe I should ask, have you ever got one that you didn't need? We're like Walmart shopping carts. Our wheels are messed up and we can't fix them. I mean, I'm wanting to go to the fishing and hunting department and I need to go to the pharmacy department. (laughs) They keep trying to take me to the fishing and hunting area. So there's a nature in us. There's a nature in us that's away from God. And the enemy is in our ear whispering, don't call on God, you can do it. What did he say to Eve? He said, God's lying to you. He said, Eve, God's lying to you. God God tells you not to partake of this this tree and not to partake of the fruit of this tree. Uh, Satan said, uh, Eve, the reason he don't want you to partake of the fruit of that tree is because if you do, you're going to be just like him. And he don't want you to be like him. He don't want any competition. So Eve, if you'll partake of this fruit, you'll be like God. You will be a little God. You'll You'll be a God. I mean, Satan is a liar. He lies to you every time. Here's the deal, and I'm done. You can't live holy. You can't. But there is a work of the Holy Spirit that will enable you to live holy. He will enable you to live holy. Don't don't bite off too big of a chunk. Live holy when you wake up in the morning. You say, well, shouldn't we ask God to help us live holy all day? Yeah, but you got to get the morning down, Pat. You know, when you wake up, 
you're, you're there with your family. So you're going, to be, you're going to be struggling right off the bat. So God, help me be a godly father in the morning. And then God, when I leave and go to work, help me to be a godly father while I work. And God, when I'm, when I'm getting up my sermon, my mind wants to wander, help me, God, to keep my mind on you. Pray. Ask him. If you think, if you think, you're going to get up every morning and say, Lord, help me. That's wonderful if you do that. Most of us don't even do that. I'm telling you throughout the day, you need to be saying, I need your strength, Lord. I need your strength. I need you to help me. And you might start off a good morning and it all fall apart about midday. Amen? It can mess you up. You can be messed up for the rest of the day. And when that happens, you say, help me, Lord. Or maybe maybe some temptation comes out of nowhere. Some temptation. Something that you thought you weren't even tempted by anymore. All of a sudden, there it is again. And, and you feel that old temptation you thought you had defeated. There it is. I'm telling you, you better learn when that happens to say, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. I need you to help me through this. I need you to help me through this. God, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna talk about tomorrow, the next day. Right now, right now, this moment, help me through this. And he will hear you. And he will come where you are. And he'll help you. And then you'll battle the next day. But the more times you seek his help, the stronger you become. Sanctification happens in that altar, but it is a process. It is a process of spiritual growth in your life. You would be shocked to know how many problems sanctification will solve in your life if you begin to seek sanctification in your life. Amen. Let's all stand. Would you just step out and come up here and I'm going to pray and then Brother uh, Thomas is going to lead us in a song. So just everybody walk up here and let's pray before we go home. Intimacy with the Lord. Closeness, nearness with the Lord. Let her sit right there. Let her sit right there, buddy. Um, Intimacy with God is where it's at. You ask yourself the question, where am I with God? Where am I? Where am I with God? And be honest. Because if you are, the Bible says Peter, after he denied Jesus, the Bible says Peter followed him afar off. Followed Jesus afar off. You know, you might still be following him. But some of you, because I battle it, I know you do, we all do, we get to a place where we're still following him, but we're following him afar off. 
We're following him at a distance. God is saying to you, draw near. Draw near to me. Draw near to me that I might help you, that I might assist you, that I might strengthen you, that I might help you have victory in your battle with temptation. You can't follow Jesus afar off and enjoy his best. You only enjoy his best when you're near him. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the infallible, inerrant word of God. I thank you for the truth. God, I've tried to I've tried to do this the best I can today. And I didn't I didn't really say it like I wanted to, but I hope I said it like you wanted me to. I, I pray the folks will get a hold of this truth today. Because if they will, there's going to be much more victory in their life. Not just in the battle with temptation, but in every area of their life. There'll be more victory if they can get a hold of the truth and the work of sanctification in their life. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. instruction before we leave I want you to say to God now this morning before we leave and say it in your own way you don't have to repeat after me but Lord give me a hunger to be sanctified 
Give me a desire to be closer to you. Turn my desires. Turn them that I might enjoy the things you enjoy and that I might be repulsed by the things that repulse you, Lord. Change my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever new. Change me. Sanctify me. Now we're going to be teaching on sanctification next Sunday morning. And I'm going to ask you to come again. We're going to come and seek sanctification. But you seek it this afternoon. Seek that experience tomorrow. Because here's what you're saying. You're saying, I don't want to be controlled by my flesh. I want to be controlled by your spirit. That's what sanctification is. I don't want to be controlled by that, by those messed up coordinates that are in me. I want to be controlled by your Holy Ghost, your Holy Spirit. That's what you're saying. Ask for it. Pray for it. Believe God for it. Look, God isn't going to tell you to seek something and then hold it out here where you can't reach it. When your heart is genuinely hungry, He will give you that thing you're asking for. He will give you this power that you need. I need in my life sanctification. Amen. We'll talk about it in depth next Sunday. I want some of you ladies to pray with this young lady right here that's sitting there before we go. And I will pray with you. If you'd like to hang around and and, uh, ask for a special prayer, I'll hang around up here too. And uh, we'll have prayer before we go home. I love you all. Happy Father's Day. God bless you. And we'll see you on Wednesday night. Well, we'll see you tomorrow night. Vacation Bible School, tomorrow night. We can use some volunteers this afternoon about 2 o'clock. Come when you can. The Pine Level Pentecostal Women's Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.